I've been on the road this year, meeting families and finding out how their lives have been in the face of the extraordinary challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic. And today, I'm listening back to voices from the summer of 2020. Like Family with Brenda Donoghue. The summer of 2020 finally brought some respite. We could travel, we could meet friends and family, we could relax a little. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. Yes, Ireland is really moving. I called in for petrol and met Madeline and Stephen heading away. We're heading to Killarney. Oh, I'm just really looking forward to it, just to get away. So it's going to be amazing. Me and my husband are five years married tomorrow, so he's treating me to a nice getaway. We're on the move now, finally. We need it. We haven't done something like this in a long time. The way I look at it, as long as we're together, like, do you know what I mean? Getting out and enjoying, enjoying life again. Just feeling free like a butterfly. <laughs> The ODs heading home. We went to the Cliffs of Moher, the Alwi Caves, Kilkee. We went to two beaches, Kilkee and uh, what was the other one? The Hinch. The Hinch, yeah, the Hinch. And Noreen and her daughter Noreen just happy to be together. We haven't seen each other in five months, but I've decided to come up to Dublin yesterday and picked up my mum in Selbridge and to bring her back to County Clare for five days or six days. We're going to have some time together over the next few days and really looking forward to it. And it is very emotional and it's lovely. And I'm so happy to be with her. In all my life, I've never experienced anything like this, you know. Yeah. And I'm happy to be able to hug my daughter. And that's the best part of it all, to be with her. You nearly bring tears to your eyes, wouldn't it? Yeah. What does it feel like for you to physically be beside Noreen, your daughter? Your body is kind of on fire with happiness, you know. Yeah. Is that the final word? The Boyles are on the last stretch of the long road from Donegal to Clare a road that has separated them from their tiny grandsons since early March. Well, John is, uh, he's a real hard case. He just loves playing and acting and Patrick's very quiet. He just plays away with his toys quietly. Mm. But uh, John's not quiet. No. <laughs> we can actually see the house Yes. where they all are. We're going to stroll up to it now. Yeah. You you must have had some contact with them over the last couple of months. You couldn't FaceTime John because he <laughs> he would put it up to his ear. He didn't understand, so it was just phone calls. Mm. And uh, when he would get the phone, he would go, Hello, Granger. <laughs> and uh, he would tell us in his own wee language all the news. It was lovely to hear him and he was talking about tractors and dogs and then it would be so sad when we had to hang up and we didn't see him. Mm. So, yeah, it was hard. Mm. You know, at least we could wave to our other grandchildren because they're next door and, you know, just five minutes away. But uh, the boys and Claire, we... We're just too far away. So, yeah, it's lovely to be getting to see them at last. 
we didn't wait till the day to pack. We had the car pack from last night, so all we <laughs> had to do is get out and get into the car and drive down the road. We just can't wait to get this last couple of yards down the road to see them. Yeah. With the hedge, we still just can't see them, but yeah. I, I, I can hear John outside playing. And I, oh, here he comes. Here he comes. Oh, hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, Rico. Hello. Hello. Where's Granja's hug? Oh, big hug for Granja. Hello, guy. Hello, John. Hello, Patrick. And they're all dressed in their dirty gown gear. Put on them. Up, dirty gown. Up, dirty gown. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Oh, the cars coming! Oh, the cars is coming! Oh my God, the cars is coming! Cars coming! Did you miss Granja? Hey, the poor daughter-in-law didn't get anything. Hello, Mary. Hello, how are you? How are you? Lovely to meet you. I love it. We're here in the lane. We haven't even got to the house yet. The house. Everyone was so excited. I know. John just saw his granny's his granny and Granja made a runner for it. I'm just so happy to see him. Um, we're just, we didn't know when it was going to come, I suppose. So yeah. it's finally here at last. And you're we, all safe we, and we healthy. We better give you a hug too. Yeah. <laughs> Great to see you. Oh, wow. And Mary, you're crying. What does it mean when you when you get a little bit teary? Do you know, with for so long not seeing him and not knowing when we were going to see him again. Um, so just for it to be here, it feels, um, it feels so real. We didn't know when the day was really going to come, I suppose. Will we go inside so guys and settle in? I hope you have something good baked. <laughs> or bought. <laughs> baked or bought. <laughs> hey Niall, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. Hey Niall, how are you doing? Hey, not too bad, how are you? How's things? Good. In good. Waterford, Niall and Lydia are in quarantine after leaving Florida at the end of July. You're back in Ireland a few days and you're quarantining. How has it been? Yes, we're kept very busy, to be honest. It's a very busy week at work, so we're not even... It doesn't feel any different than what we were like in Florida. It's just the two of us working away. (laughs) When did you decide to come home? Well, we had already had the tickets booked for the 10th of June because we were planning on getting married back here. So you've rescheduled the wedding, but have you thought about what the future holds and where you want to be? And uh, we're not sure. We kind of attempt every so often to plan that far ahead, but we get hit with something else that brings us right back. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. haven't really had a chance to properly think about it. There's always something that gets in the way. Whatever the future holds for Niall's parents, collecting himself and Lydia at Dublin Airport and travelling to Waterford in a socially distant convoy mattered. To be there as the young couple completed their 7,800 kilometre journey home. We left you uh, at half three in the morning and we gave each other a hug. And I remember when we said, come on, let's go, drive safely, let's bring your boy home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. So when they came through arrivals... I mean, the natural thing is to run up and give them a hug. We didn't, we didn't even elbow bump because we yeah. felt that was getting too close. They yeah. had masks on, we had masks on, we had gloves. It was like, hi guys, but my heart just went, 
They're home. They're home. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter now. We just have to get back to Waterford, but they're in Ireland. Nobody can stop them because I had the whole thing of, um, okay, they're going to have a temperature when they get to Chicago. They're not going to be allowed on yeah. the plane. They're going to have a temperature coming off the plane in Ireland. They're going to be sent away somewhere. And then we did. We got down to Waterford. Um, we rented a house mm-hmm. for them yeah. while um, they were away for the, the get, year or whatever. We got to get uh, internet put in. That, that was playing Monday morning. And they're able to work from, from there. Even though you can't see Niall and Lydia because they're quarantining, is there that sigh of relief after all the practicalities of getting them home that they're here? Definitely for us. Mm. I do think um, as parents, it is hard to let them go and they have gone. But there's such joy in having them coming back. back. You know, we weren't happy until we saw them last Sunday morning in Dublin Airport. Yeah, I definitely feel like a big sister now. Mm. <laughs> I didn't really so much when they were all in hospital, but I feel it now. They're so cute, but I couldn't tell one from the other. How do you do it? Well, at first, this is actually really funny, their ears, one of them is curved, one of them is pointy, and one has a little bump on their ear. <laughs> and is that how you tell them apart? Not anymore. At first, I think the first few weeks I did that, but now I don't, really. You just know? Yeah. Triplets Callie, Minnie and Quinn were born in lockdown in May and they finally made the biggest move of their young lives, the 10 kilometres from the newborn intensive care unit back home to Bettystown in County Meath. And then the whole family moved house. Casey loves her little sisters. Well, Minnie is a mixed mood and then Callie is just calm and just sleepy and then Quinn has a temper on her. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, they have a look at Dave, if you don't mind me saying sorry. Everybody says it, Jesus. You don't mind me saying they're gorgeous, they're the image of me. (laughs) Okay. I think though as well, when I'm feeding them, especially when I'm looking down at them, I see Casey. I can see Casey a lot in them. Oh, I can see Casey in them as well sometimes. It's just when you look at them from the side, they look like me. They think they have like Casey's eyes and stuff like that. You, you see a little bit of everybody in they them. Like it. They make different facial expressions there. Like one minute they look like me, then they look like Emma, then they look like Casey. Dave is taken to fatherhood like a duck to water. The moment I got in after the coronavirus, I was allowed me 15 minutes. And I picked up, I think it was Quinn, I picked up for the first time. I was very nervous. And just as I went to sit down, the nurse was like, so will you be able, uh, ready to take them home tomorrow, will you? That was on the Monday, was it? Yeah. And then they were meant to be coming home on Tuesday, but we had to take the whole of Tuesday and just run around like blue bottles and just kind of sort out, set up Moses baskets and cribs and prams. And it was a bit hectic, but we got it done. We got it done. We got the system going. Yeah, we were just told horror stories at the start, like, you never sleep again, you and this and that and blah. We're not too sleep deprived anyway, we're not zombies yet anyway, but they're only home a couple of weeks, so it might still come yet, we don't yeah. know. <laughs> For you, Dave, you were so looking forward to being a dad as well. Years. You, you, for years yeah. and then there was three of them coming and of course Casey's in full flight as well, so what does it feel like? These are my first baby babies, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know any different. You're natural with them. But I've, I've, had to, I've had to jump into the three babies and I think I've, I think I've, uh, I think I've taken her on well, you know, considering that they're my first. But 
Imagine only having to feed one baby. That's what we'd be always thinking. The imagine baby. always just imagine only having to have one. You'd be like, we'd have so much time to do stuff. <laughs> but no, as soon as one starts, they all go. So we have to get Emmett to get up, and I know I have to get up, and I know I'm normally dashing down to do the bottles, and Emmett will have one on the breast, so at least one is quiet. So uh, that's that's kind of the system. We're still working a system. Yeah, but. Just, I'm exhausted. Listen to you. <laughs> Do you know what though? I think people always say, like especially when you're out with the pram and stuff like that, people stop you and they're saying, "Oh, you have your hand." That is like the most common phrase that has to be. If your hands full there, and like you do have your hands full, it's easier than what people think it is. It's it's not the horror, the yeah. horrific zombie fine thing everyone made her out to be yeah. at the start you know I'm looking at you with wide eyes now being like please don't let us go back into another lockdown <laughs> well, I think it's going well so far anyway what new skills have you picked up since these triplets All right, I've, master, I've mastered changing a nappy anyway I had the baby nurse up here the other day she was telling me she'd give me a job in the hospital uh, yeah. I was doing it so well uh, <laughs> Dressing babies, never thought about to do that. That's a struggle as well, the way they're, yeah, they're wriggling. But You're nearly there. I nearly have fatherhood mastered. <laughs> I'm getting a sense from just chatting to you that it's all hard work, but it pales into insignificance yeah. when you think about everybody's here, everybody's healthy. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you can really underestimate a feeling of happiness. Like yeah. when you say you're happy, like you think of like, oh, I have a smile on my face and everything, but I'm talking about being like truly happy from the inside. I'm looking around and I'm like, I have the most perfectly great children. I'm so blessed to be in a new house and have all the space. And I I could say happy, but I couldn't actually explain how happiness, how happy, yeah, happy is an understatement. Yeah, would be happy is an understatement, but I wouldn't really know another word to describe it other than happiness. Anne was diagnosed with COVID-19 and spent nine days on a ventilator in Beaumont Hospital and was taken off the ventilator at the end of March. She is back on the move and taking small steps to recovery. When the physiotherapists came round to give you a hand, they put you sitting on the side of the bed and then they'll tell you to stand up. Sure, every time I went to stand up, I just passed out. I just, well, I was so weak, like... Then they'd say, try it for 10 seconds, and I'd be standing maybe two or three seconds, and I'd be gone again. Could you walk? No. Mm. I was in a wheelchair. When I got to Clontarf... Which was a rehabilitation yeah. specifically set up for COVID, yeah? For COVID, yeah. Yeah. Every day they came in, and they... Even if it was only to get you up and sit in a chair, that was... You've, you've improved that day. And then, I think it was about a week then, when they brought in a Zimmer frame... There I am, 57 on a Zimmer frame. After the week, I said, can I just have a pair of crutches or something? Not being able to walk on a Zimmer frame, on crutches. Yeah, it was difficult to try get up and try walk and you're on walking sticks and you have to put one foot in front of the other, you know. It's like trying to teach a toddler how to walk again. But you'll get there in the end. Mm. You know, it is hard. It is tough. But um, as I said, if you stay positive, you'll get there. What are the things that you found you had to recover? You need to get your strength back because that's washed out. The second thing would be you're tired very, very quickly. You're worn out. Even I don't even go to the shops anymore. I drive down to the shop. 
the girls come with me. They go in. I don't go into the shops because I can't even walk around the supermarket. Um, yeah, hair loss, which I didn't know was a thing till I went back to the COVID clinic. And they had said that, yes, a couple of people have been saying that. When I went to Clontarf, um, because you're so weak, can you lift your arms up high enough to wash your face, wash your body? Simple little things. Feed yourself. They're things that you don't think of until it actually happens. When your mom came home, tell yeah. me about that day. I was working at this stage and I could see my auntie pull in and I immediately texted my boss and was just like, my mom's just come home from hospital, can I please go home early for the day? And then, well, I was obviously home, but I was like, can I please leave early for the day? And then I literally just ran down the stairs and was like, mom, crying. And then I just hugged her, didn't even let her get out of the car, just hugged her through the car. The first time to hug her in six weeks. I don't know how they'd have coped though if something had happened to me. Did you worry that that might happen with your mom? Well, we were told to prepare. We were they, we were told, like, the doctors on the phone were like, there's a chance she won't wake up. It's not looking good. Like, her oxygen levels aren't great. Be prepared kind of thing. Um, we were told, like, it's not, like, be prepared. People aren't waking up from this. How do you, how do you process that? What did oh, you do? I cried. Cried. Mm. What Hannah's just said there about being told to be prepared for the worst, you didn't know that. So your gaps are being filled in all the time. Yep, all the time. I've just heard now that they were saying be prepared. I didn't know they were to be prepared. See, I never spoke about it when I came home. I was home and that was it. It's behind me. I'm just going forward now. I'm not looking back. I'm going forward. And that's it. I didn't know that till now. So that's a shock. But I didn't know that till now. Till she's just said it to you. So. And you're coming up on three months now since you left hospital. Yeah. I'm happy to be home. Every day is a step in the right direction. Um, I asked, would, it, would I get it again? And they said, you could do. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> There is uncertainty about the future and in the present we are missing moments that make life special like Kelly and Fionn's wedding. We weren't able to go ahead with our wedding because of Covid it was cancelled. We were we were upset about it but under the bigger if you look at the bigger scheme of things it wasn't the worst thing there's plenty of people who have it worse off than us. We knew it had to be done but look we'll do it all next year. I'm looking forward to it. And we'll have all our loved ones there and our family. And that's what was the most important thing to us, is to have all the family there. And that's that's what we wanted. So wedding cancelled, yeah. three small kids. But mm-hmm. can I go back to when you first met? We both worked together in the news agents in Tala Hospital. And it just blossomed from there. And I eventually worked up the courage and asked her out. And then <laughs> one thing led to another. And 12 years later, we're, we're still going strong, oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah. Thank God, yeah. We just knew, didn't we? We really did. Like, he's a great... Hit it off. I had... I have an eldest lad. He's 17, so he'd be a stepson to Fionn, and he was amazing to Stephen, and I just knew, like, you know, he was the one. I just saw the way she is with everybody, and she's just a... She's a great person, and... and He made me laugh as well. That's the most important thing. (laughs) You know, I think when someone makes you laugh, you know, it brightens up your day. Yeah, definitely. 100%, yeah. 
You all right? Yeah. That's okay. Why are you crying, Kelly? It's just because we've been through so much. Mm. He's always been there. It's just my rock. That's all I'll say. Like, it's just we've had a tough the last few years with me being sick and... So you mentioned you had a tough time yeah. and that you were sick. I was diagnosed in 2016 with breast cancer and I've had, I went through chemo, radiotherapy and I've had four surgeries since then. So it has been a tough two years for us. Our whole world just changed upside down and yeah, we got through it, but we had to stay positive and here we are today. We're lucky. It was yeah. a tough time, but it makes the good times better. Yeah. Kelly and Fionn travelled to the Elbow Room Escape in Donarden County Wicklow where celebrant Helen Adams will guide them through a commitment ceremony in the forest for just the two of them. So in less than an hour the commitment ceremony will be on. It'll be my first one. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you yeah, for no having worries. me. Have you put anything personal yeah. into the commitment ceremony? The celebrant Helen had we had numerous conversations with her over the Amazing. the last. Uh, she's a lovely woman. Um, Fiona loves the Beatles, so two songs are going to be in the ceremony. Then, like with a wedding, obviously you have rings. You you give each other rings. So she asked us what we wanted to do, and Kelly came up with a great so idea. So we're going to exchange letters we wrote to each other, which we put in envelopes. And we're going to exchange these letters and we can't open them till the actual morning of our, our wedding. I thought it would be really nice just to have yeah. a bit of a time capsule and, you know, in the morning of the wedding we'll remember today. today as well. and like it as kind well of brings the two of them together. Yeah. yeah. What does the commitment ceremony mean to you? It it's feels a, like a yeah, little wedding because like I am quite and nervous. And <laughs> yeah, we've had all the butterflies and it was actually yeah. nice to get ready together because... Yeah. Oh, normally, like, I don't know, but personally or whatever anybody yeah. wants to do, but we would have got ready apart. But it was yeah. lovely to get oh, ready nice. together. And I'm I'm actually really looking forward to it. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, I'd be quite uh, not into all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm proper I'm, looking forward to it now. Yeah. Get to see the other side if you want all that. So <laughs> Welcome, Fionn and Kelly, into the forest on this beautiful Saturday evening. Nothing else matters right now because you have found each other and you are together. So Fionn, maybe you go first and tell Kelly, what is it that you love about Kelly? Uh, You're so caring, loving, beautiful. And uh, I'm punching well above my weight, to be <laughs> honest with you. I love you, everything, from the bottom to the top. I love you, sweetheart. Fionn, because of you, I smile and I laugh every day. Because of you, we shared the most amazing children. Because of you, I got through the toughest two years of my life. Because of you, I am me. You're my rock, you're my best friend, and most of all, you're my soulmate. And this is the reason why I love you so much. 
Well, thanks for joining me on this emotional roller coaster of joy, tears and courage. Thanks again to everyone who told me their stories. That was summer 2020 and tomorrow we listen back to voices from autumn 2020. Join me at three and until then, thank you for listening. This programme was produced by Eileen Hearn. Like family. Tweet at Brenda Donahue.